Scientific and technological advances and open markets are creating both opportunities and challenges for today's organizations. To stay relevant as a company, you need to be able to adapt to unprecedented change, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. In this podcast, we will explore how leaders can build such organizations. So who are we? I'm Anna Hedlund and I've spent the last 10 plus years in different roles in tech. My main expertise is in coaching and leadership, and I'm currently an engineering manager at a startup in Stockholm. My passion is building healthy and inclusive organizations where people can do their best work and deliver value to customers. I've found that a lot of that goes into leadership and creating the foundations where people actually can thrive. How about you? And my name is Martin Vasilevsky. I have over 18 years of experience working with a multitude of teams and organizations in various business contexts and roles in tech. And for the past seven plus years, um, I've worked as an organizational and team coach. And currently as a freelance agile organizational coach, I help companies assess, design and create environments that enable organizations, teams and individuals to effectively learn, innovate and achieve business outcomes. An increasing number of companies today are realizing that they need to change their way of working to find success and stay relevant. The current way of doing things are in best case not supporting them enough in achieving their goals and in worst case counterproductive. Lots of companies also find it really challenging to adapt a way that effectively supports them in uncertainty, complexity and change. Through our and others' experience and research, we have picked up both the number of anti-patterns worth avoiding and practices worth adapting. We're going to dive into these over a couple of episodes. And today we'll start with exploring the practice of being product-led, which we believe is key to not just staying relevant as a company, but also key to staying ahead of the competition. And this concept is superbly described by Melissa Perry in her book titled Escaping the Build Trap. So if you want to learn more on product-led organizations, we highly recommend reading that one. Yeah. But before talking about what a product-led organization is, maybe we should talk a bit about what a product is. So a product delivers value repeatedly to customers and users without requiring the company to build something new every time. So if you think about Spotify in its early days, it was just a service where you could search for music. And then over time, it has developed into curated content, playlists, and more personalization for the user. And a product-led organization then organizes for products over projects. They optimize those products until they achieve the desired value expressed in outcomes. Ultimately, a product-led organization is characterized by a culture that understands and organizes around outcomes over outputs, and that the company strategy and the people working there are organized to best deliver on the goals. People who work and lead such an organization are eager to iteratively learn from and listen to their customers. Which feels obvious, right? If you were to ask most companies if they were product-led, they'd most likely say that they are. Because what are companies if they're not product-led? So what are some of the anti-patterns you've noticed in orgs that might not be product-led? Swaying too much based on hunch or not enough data 
So you get nervous when three customers say that they want a certain feature and don't investigate more or build more of a case for why it's the right thing to do. Mm. And this also leads to a, a leaning tower of PISA product since acting on user feedback alone might not lead to a cohesive product experience. Can you explain the Linium Tower piece analogy? Sure. So for every feature that you're adding to your product, it increases the cost and complexity of it. And whenever you do so, you also have to maintain that complexity and use case going forward. You run the risk of, of not staying true to your core business and introduce several features that not, it's not important for your target audience and thus creating an expensive and complex tower of PISA. Yeah, I find this antipattern really fascinating. And uh, based on my experience, it's, it's a pretty common one. Mm. Uh, when working with teams, I've noticed that this is an easy one to fall into. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And one reason I find it fascinating is because neuroscience tells us that the human brain is evolutionarily developed to take shortcuts, so-called unconscious biases. This makes us humans instinctively go straight for a solution. Another reason I find it fascinating is because I've observed a mutual influence between this one and the two others, namely being sales-led and being project-focused. I've been in situations where teams have been heavily influenced by sales, for example, meaning that they've been driven by what has been promised to certain customers or internal stakeholders, which in turn have led to the sole focus on building and shipping features. Yeah. And each feature or set of features is treated as a project, which either gets delivered in full, in part, or dropped. And likely followed by another project that focuses on something new. And ultimately, it's it's a lack of attention to connecting the work to the overall mission. Mm. Which I believe brings us to the anti-pattern of not being close enough to your users. You build and you build, but you never actually talk to them firsthand and figure out what their pains are or even how they're interacting with your product. And sadly, meeting with your users is often something I feel is, is down-prioritized due to pressure deadlines and a sense that it's difficult or, or scary to do. And the risk of not meeting with them often enough is that you lose empathy and understanding of what's really important to them. And in the long run, this is, of course, more costly than actually taking the time in a busy week to meet with them. Yes. So where do you start if you find that you're in these type of situation. So one thing that I've found helpful is, is to practice separating observation from judgment and thought. Mm. For example, saying, saying that these particular users don't care about our new feature is making a judgment. But instead, the observation might be these particular users, for some reason, don't end up using our feature. And by practicing this and making yourself and others aware of the difference between observation and judgment opens up the opportunity to gain insights on what unconscious assumptions you're currently making. Then connecting what assumptions has the largest influence on your decisions that leads you up to a specific uh, anti-pattern. And this will ultimately lead you to the important clarification of why and whom. So why something is relevant and important and for whom? And a couple of questions that makes it easier to start articulating purpose and desired outcomes are, 
what data do we have to support that something is important and relevant? Another one is, what did we see or hear that led us to that conclusion? How does this solution connect to our uh, business goals? And by business goal, I mean something other than monetary or financial. Mm -hmm. So when would something be, when would someone be willing to use, keep using or pay to use what we currently are producing? Yeah. And additional to that, it's really important to get your ear to the ground and, and listen to your users. Find out what you want to learn, build surveys around it to collect quantitative data from actual users without proxies, mm. and meet them face-to-face -face in user testing sessions to collect qualitative data. Yes, and uh, through all of this, you will gain both valuable insights and more questions, and use those insights to formulate hypotheses. Focus on breaking things down into increasingly smaller and smaller pieces. And ask yourself what the quickest way would be to gain learnings and validate or invalidate your hypothesis. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about practices and anti-patterns in your organizations when it comes to being product-led. But as we mentioned in the beginning, there's so much more to learn and say about this topic and reading Escaping the Build Trap uh, is a great start. Uh, have it as a book club in your organization, create discussions around it, and start to understand and talk about what of this applies to us, what of this applies to our organization. Yeah. Thanks for listening yeah. and stay tuned for more more yeah bye bye